Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. It was because their societies prevented them from getting such jobs or interviews or promotions because I was getting letters, as you mentioned, from Pakistan, from China, from Brazil, from all throughout the U.S., and women were telling me that they were over 30 years old and in their society they were written off by society because they'd gotten their graduate degrees and yet um, they weren't yet married so they were considered leftover women or and that this was particularly a letter I remember receiving from China and others in Brazil not being taken seriously and of course the one you mentioned in Pakistan heartbreaking as well as she re- mentioned that at 16 years old all it seemed to that others cared about were that the fact that she should be married and that there's more to life than that she thought. And so as I would read through all these letters, that's what made me realize, what if we could have a platform whereby all of us could share all these raw aspects of our lives, these struggles, these challenges, be real with one another, truly share all of this so that we could become that much better and stronger as we shared, therefore, ideas and opportunities and insights. Tiffany Pham is an incredible lady that I've admired from afar for the longest time. I remember the first time I heard her story and I was like, wow, she's incredible. I've got to get her on the podcast somehow. I've got to connect with her in some way. And lo and behold, um, I was able to be connected with someone that set up her interviews and we made this podcast happen. We talk about her story, her book, and her amazing platform. You just heard about the way it really impacts people across different continents but stay tuned to hear more about how she really, really got started into it and what drove her passion. There are a little bit of technical difficulties in initially in the beginning as well as some parts in the end, but um, stick it through and I guarantee you that you're going to gain a lot from the episode. Enjoy. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads and today we have a special guest. I, we, I was just joking with her that... Um, We've been hearing about each other in, uh, with our mutual friends and in circles. But Tiffany Pham is the founder of a platform called Mogul, and she just released her first book. By the time this episode is out, her book would have been out, and it's called You Are Mogul. Tiffany is an amazing TCK. Many of you know uh, what TCK is, a third culture kid. But she is someone who has created a platform for many millennials all over the world in 196 countries. And she was inspired by a family who moved from, you know, from Vietnam to Paris and then to Texas. And then following a career in telecom, technology, and media, she grew very passionate about media and access to information that she promised that she would make sure that she carried that family legacy. Now she's here 
being the amazing entrepreneur she is. She's visionary and she has been, um, you know, influenced and mentioned in the same sentence as the Chelsea Clintons, the Katie Couric's, the Kelly Osborne's, and the Margaret Cho's. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So excited. And as you said, we've been hearing about each other for so long now. So, so excited for finally getting a chance to chat. Likewise, likewise. And, and, you know, I touched on just a little bit of your awesomeness, but, uh, I was wondering if you could peel the layers that is Tiffany Pham and take us back to your early days when you first had an inkling of what it is you wanted to do today. Absolutely. So happy to. It definitely was. Many, many years back, because ultimately it all started as a child. I was inspired to start Mogul because when I was a little girl, I was so inspired by my grandmother, who was this, this incredible woman who ran businesses across Asia and fought to provide others with access to information and ultimately opportunities. Uh, all these incredible women looked up to her, and just she was so beloved. I wished to be like her. She was also one of the first women to drive a car in Vietnam. So incredible. And so what happened was that over time, I wanted to be like her. I, I did the best I could, but it wasn't until age 14 when all of a sudden um, I moved to not only America, but I was adjusting to life there, and then my grandmother passed away. Mm. And that year, 14 years old, I ended up being changed forever after. At that day, actually, it was that day that she passed away that I made a promise to her that I would do everything I could to follow in her footsteps. And I was going to dedicate my life, too, towards providing information access to those around me in need, that I would create, ultimately, a place whereby I could provide others with opportunities as well as she had. I was going to spend every waking moment working towards this goal and mission, too. No matter how hard or challenging, I was going to spend Every every last ounce of energy I had working towards the same goal and mission as she had. And wow. anyway, so ever since I was 14, that's all I've ever worked towards. Wow. And, and I want to ask a few questions. So that those move, when you move around uh, as much as you did, I'm curious, how did you go about finding your identity? Because you wanted to create a platform. You knew that at an early age. But a lot of times you have to understand who you are first and your skill set. So... I was wondering if you ever had an identity crisis and how you went about expressing yourself. My identity is actually probably one that was, um, I think, maybe unique in in how I'm going to express it. Um, Ultimately, I found happiness and an identity in accepting all others' identities and cultures. So I love the fact that I was... You know, from Asia, and meaning that I am from uh, Vietnamese Chinese origin. Ultimately, born and raised in Paris, France. Um, given that my parents were refugees, and ultimately we ended up in France, and then subsequently ended up subsequently going to Plano, Texas, of all places, <laughs> high school. And um, ultimately, when I was growing up. Um, In Texas, I started watching shows like Gilmore Girls, and I started watching movies like Legally Blonde, which became the seeds of what uh, later inspired me, without even ever stepping a foot on these campuses, to later apply to Yale for college and uh, business school at Harvard, simply because I'd seen them on these TV shows and movies and never even stepped foot on those 
campuses again, but was realizing that perhaps these could be places where I could further grow and fulfill my promise to my grandmother. And uh, even without any enough money to attend, so I ended up attending on scholarship. But um, yeah, th that's kind of uh, how I built up my identity was accepting each part of this of me. And ultimately, all along the way, because of the various environments I'd be in, I would meet incredible other people um, who had different religions, different political views, that ultimately aspired um, to do different things in their lives. And then, ultimately, that influenced me to be, therefore, someone who accepts all religions and therefore, you know, is in the center. I accept all, uh, you know, political views and ultimately. Um, have, do swing certain ways in terms of my politics, but ultimately accept uh, you know who what others believe in, and therefore would be probably considered in the middle, you know. And then um, and then subsequently uh, also on the culture side, just love all languages, love all cultures, love all people, which explains why later on at Yale ended up um, being an international studies major where I. Um, became multilingual. I was always multilingual since I was a little girl, but subsequently even studied more languages to become even further multilingual. And then um, Mogul is, of course, the biggest representation of my love of the world and different cultures and bridging cultural gaps since it brings women and men from all around the world together to converse and connect and share knowledge and ultimately create more empathy for one another and enable us to become that much better and stronger together. Wow, wow. So there's so much that I want to get into. But the first thing that you said is you're, the first thing I want to address is you say you're multilingual. How many languages do you speak? So unfortunately, not as many as my father, who could speak seven languages. Sheesh. Yeah, 17 years old. He actually, uh, actually also um, recently started uh, developing software and technology to enable anyone to learn how to speak a language in under a month called Any Language in One Month, I think it's what it's called. Hmm. And he's brilliant, polyglot, um, and um, and I wish I could speak as many as him. But I did learn how to speak English, Vietnamese, and French since I was a little girl. And then when I was at Yale, I ended up studying Italian. And then further, when I was um, in the city in New York, I ended up um, at night studying Mandarin as well. So have oh been... Gosh. Yeah, in the midst of trying to perfect those latter two languages, but the first three I could always speak since I was a girl. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, that, yeah, um, that's oh. that's inc <laughs> that's incredible, and and um, I imagine that helps with the cross cultural communications as well, uh, and 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 that's cool. I, I also wanted to touch on the fact that you brought up Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls is a show that I've loved as well, but the idea of what you said is when you you said some of these shows was something that you you were able to see yourself in. You know, you know, with Rory, you know, going to all those Ivy Leagues. Uh, for me, that, that show was One Tree Hill. But when you said Gilmore Girls and you understanding that applying to schools like Yale was just a normal thing for you, I have this very trivial question. Were you Team Jess, Logan, or Dean? <laughs> um, I think Dean was good, but I think, I think I soured on him actually in the season, the, the new season. Did you watch those latter two seasons on Netflix? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a heat stalker. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I soured on Dean, and I think I, I agree. I've always loved Jess. I always thought he was Yeah, Jess, Jess is amazing. Yeah. I think right. I might, yeah. 
I don't know. I think it might be. I don't know. I was one of those few that didn't. I didn't have a problem with Logan as much as many people did. But anyways, we'll see. <laughs> I actually like Logan too. But now Logan, if she continues to be with him, she'll be cheating on him, and I, that I don't agree. Yeah, that that's true. <laughs> that's a fair point. Um, all right, let's 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 uh, talk about what um, you ended up creating, Mogul. You know, yeah. This platform. Can you explain to people that might not have heard about it? I love the name Mogul, but what is Mogul to someone that's just hearing it for the first time? Yeah, so Mogul is a platform whereby millions of women and men, because we're an all-inclusive platform, can come on and share articles, videos, jobs, events, products, all around the internet, showcasing what's really important to them, and ultimately from that be able to share ideas and knowledge amongst each other from that, as it collectively showcases what's trending amongst women worldwide. How it evolved, though, was by honing in on what we realized was the most important um, aspects of what people were sharing, which is that they were really sharing, as they were sharing these specific formats that I just mentioned, they were sharing their biggest struggles from their lives, their biggest challenges, and really what was enabling them, um, what was not helping them at the current moment, therefore what could help them more in their lives at the moment, and, and come especially from the community around on mogul, so the platform over time evolved even further into this direction of enabling anyone to come on to become truly therefore the best versions of themselves as they then drew that support from the community as they shared all this information and knowledge amongst each other. Um, it truly enabled them to become what we know as a mogul. Mm. So us, a mogul is the best version of yourself. It is you being your best self as a daughter, friend, sister, mother, team leader, team player. It is what, you know, are all the facets of your life, essentially, that you care about, that you would like to be the best of. And that's who us as a true mogul. It's not in this, the definition that mogul might have been in your mind before, which is that of just a successful career person. For us, it is every part of your life that is a mogul. No, and, and to, to your point is, you know, one of the first letters you received was from a young girl in Pakistan, right? She she said a mogul helped her realize that she could be more than what her society told her. And it sounds to me like the platform you've created has allowed people to realize that, you know, they're not alone, that there's more to the world than, than what it is that they are defined as. And, um, you know, I feel like you're making an impact in, in a lot of uh, gender equality conversations, particularly um, outside of the United States. Yes, absolutely. It was it was definitely inspired at the very beginning, not only by my grandmother, but um, at the launch of mobile, what caused me to even start to create mobile was that as I went along the way trying to um, fulfill this promise to my grandmother, I ended up trying to do so by learning every facet of the industry possible within corporations, within HBO, CBS, BBC, working for different presidents at each of these various companies and was learning so much from them and ultimately um, tried to learn even more at nights by taking on side hustles. At, when I was at CBS in particular, I was also side hustling at nights with a job with the vice mayor of Beijing, ultimately had another job even on top of that, working to produce films and, and documentaries with A-list talent in Hollywood. So I had all three jobs at once, one of the youngest um, directors at CBS on, on kind of the business side, 
TV stations, radio stations, then furthermore working with the Vice Mayor of Beijing again, and then furthermore producing feature films, as mentioned. And so I had all three jobs. Then one day what happened was that I woke up, and by chance my phone had exploded with so many emails and texts from all around, and it was because my jobs had been talked about in various magazines, in particular that specific morning in Forbes magazine under their 30 Under 30, which was um, just a new list at the time that they had uh, come up with. No one really knew what it was at the time, but what happened was my email address was available on that list, and as a result, I got so many of these letters from young girls all around the world asking for help and advice on how they could get these opportunities too. But along the way, they would tell me all of the reasons why they didn't felt like they could get these opportunities. And it was because their societies prevented them from getting such jobs or interviews or promotions because I was getting letters, as you mentioned, from Pakistan, from China, from Brazil, from all throughout the U.S. And women were telling me that they were over 30 years old and in their society they were written off by society because they had gotten their graduate degrees and yet um, they weren't yet married, so they were considered leftover women. Or in that this was particularly a letter I remember receiving from China and others in Brazil not being taken seriously. And, of course, the one you mentioned in Pakistan, heartbreaking as well, as she mentioned that at 16 years old, all it seemed to that others cared about were that the fact that she should be married and right. that there's to be more to life than that she thought. And so as I would read through all these letters, that's what made me realize, what if we could have a platform whereby all of us could share all these raw aspects of our lives, these struggles, these challenges, be real with one another, truly share all of this so that we could become that much better and stronger as we share, therefore, ideas and opportunities and insights amongst one another. So it was from women all around the world that the inspiration from local really grew. That's amazing. And we're talking to the amazing Tiffany Pham, who has created the number one millennial platform all over the world. It's a global technology and media empire uh, that she started at the age of 27. But as you heard from her story, a lot of what she did started with she had, a, she had the vision. That was the first thing. And she, you know, she had an inspiration from a grandma, but she had the vision and she went about seeking different ways to become indispensable to a company. I, I think your your inspiring stories are you, you made yourself uh, pick up different skill sets. You speak multiple language languages. You um, picked up different jobs so you could do different things, you know, in media companies. So you know how to tell the story. I also read that you taught yourself how to code. Is that correct? I did. I did. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the reason why I'm pointing out all these things is because a lot of people that listen to this podcast are millennials as well or younger Gen Z. And they're interested in making an impact in the world, but they're interested in doing that in an entrepreneurship um, uh, manner. With your story, where you went about to really be this discipline, is there something you can call back on your personal experience when you're building a business to, to help um, fellow aspiring entrepreneurs? Like, What skill sets should you work on? What things can you do um, to surround yourself with to make sure that you ultimately create a company that is successful for you? Because I imagine you probably got a lot of pushback when you were starting out. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, it's definitely something that any entrepreneur will experience. It's a lot of no's that they getting, a lot of ideas that will send you another direction, a lot of people not believing that this could be a viable solution for the problem you're trying to solve. Uh, but what is important is that whatever you're doing, always stay truly aligned with what you believe in, in your values, and your purpose, your why, 
Because so long as that's true, it doesn't matter how the, the idea evolves. As you incorporate feedback from others or as you decide that ultimately the solution you came up with might be even better as a different one, um, so long as it's always aligned with your why, it's okay to continue pivoting and continue rapidly iterating until it continues to evolve and perfect over time. Um, I think that was really important philosophy to um, think about since the beginning. And it was one that I had grown up with since a little girl. Um, my father would always talk about failing forward when we were little. So we would always be encouraged to try out as many things as possible and then rapidly drop the things that we weren't as interested in and of the things that we were, you know, continue forward in that and become the, the best at it you can. But it's okay if you're not perfect or the best at the beginning. Just keep going and keep trying and keep learning. So um, that's definitely an important um, behavior, philosophy to keep in mind as an entrepreneur. And then even further from that, remember that any no's that you do get right now, it's okay because in the end, they're not right now's so that will turn into yeses. Yeah. So yeah, with Mogul, that was early on something that helped us continue forward despite the naysayers. And I definitely have some fun stories about naysayers. That I was about to ask. <laughs> I was about to ask because that's, that's my favorite thing is what, what are those stories about the naysayers that really made you like, all right, okay, okay, we'll Absolutely. see. <laughs> I'm looking forward to um, everyone, all of your listeners reading the book. They'll read a particularly one anecdote that was, for me, probably um, one of my favorite ones to recollect and reflect on which was that early on, we, just like at month one, were suddenly approached by one of the top accelerators in the world to be a part of the program. And they said to us, you know, you'll interview round by round, but trust us, if you go through this, we have some real, you know, you'll, you'll make it because we really like you guys. This is a cool concept. This is month, but again, month one. So at month one, familiar with the mobile story, you know that I was just really a one-person team, and I just barely brought on board, at the time, about one and a half other people to help out. Some A friend who had been a longtime collaborator on content came on board as a head of content and was just starting to get into the swing of things as these interviews with this accelerator started. And then the other was my uh, brother, who is now our, our longtime CTO and um, essentially co-founder of Mogul because, you know, he was such a brilliant technology leader, leader across New York and, and we were very, very lucky to have him on board with Mogul thereafter. Yeah. But what happened was that still at the beginning days, a month in, it was still about one and a half people. Um, and, and we at the time were already servicing and reaching over a million women at that time, um, upon launch, as you'll recall, we launched to nearly a million, as uh, as many people know. So what happened is that as when you're servicing a million, you could barely do so as a 100 person team, you know, or so, but or a 10 person team, but let alone just a one and a half person team, that was really hard. So um, what we would do is typically would enable these users to post content and then. Thereafter, we'd moderate, and then we would um, be able to remove their content thereafter. So, fast forward. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This accelerator calls, and then we go through all the rounds, round by round. I pass, I pass, I pass. Fourth round, I believe, was when all of a sudden I I brought in some of the other um, members I brought on at that time, including the head of content and my brother, we step into the room, and it's a room of 20 men who I've never talked to before. All the previous rounds had been people who had been a part of my circles or known us in some way and then therefore continued us forward and really loved us, but then step into the room, all strangers and people out of our demographic, and all of a sudden um, they walked through the whole platform, and out of nowhere, a, a user must have posted a tabloid link, a link to a tabloid. There was a spam link, essentially, in the midst of us demoing the product. A user had posted that link. Huh. Uh, so, And it was funny. It was, in fact, something we still laugh about to this day. It was a National Enquirer link about a mermaid sighting. It was so innocuous and <laughs> sort of absolutely removed right away. But we were in the middle of the demo, and the people in the room that typically moderate our content we're literally sitting right next to me so um, <laughs> there was nothing we could do but just scroll down past this link and hope they wouldn't see but they saw and they wondered you know what about this and they couldn't get they were hung up on this, this, this one link and they couldn't see past it beyond all of the incredible possibility and potential of mogul they couldn't see this past this little spam link so um, what happened was that they the mood of the room changed and all of a sudden um, this one person kept on honing in on that and then by the end um, we walked out and sure enough we weren't very surprised when a week later it turned out that we did not get selected for the accelerator after going all through these rounds um, and so anyways we were like you know what it's okay because because we didn't even need an accelerator. We will put ourselves through an accelerator. I still remember being in that room and giving our team, which had now been at, uh, a little bit more robust because we added more two more people by that time frame. Um, amongst the five of us, we sat down and we were like, you know what? We will put ourselves through that accelerator. We will connect with everybody who would have been a mentor of that program, and we will have them become our mentors, and we will – you know, maybe the accelerator might have put us under a lot of discipline and made us try to go after goals. Well, we will put our own goals. We will go after them. We will put fire under ourselves. Anyways, we gave ourselves that pep talk, and that accelerated us so much more, I guarantee you, than actually going to that accelerator. So that, a year later, we had grown into not only that first million users, but we grew into the fastest-growing platform for women ever, and now, of course, the largest worldwide. And 
And then a year later, that same accelerator called because we had become the one that got away. <laughs> and they said, you know, you don't even have to interview this time. You've got this spot. But by then, we had become too big. So we said, no, thank you. And wow. that was the end of the story. I absolutely love stories like that. <laughs> Those are my favorite, especially when it comes back full circle like that. And I, I love the fact that you have the foresight to understand that, okay, okay, this is a setback, but this is actually a setup for what's going to happen in, in, our, in our future. And, you know, even with your subtitle here in your book, um, How to Do the Impossible, Do It Yourself and Do It Now. That's exactly what you did. You did the seemingly impossible. You did it yourself, you and your team, and you did it then. And that's, uh, and that's incredible. And, and for those listening, um, her book, which is something you should definitely get because it's going to be out by the time this is out. Also, it not only includes her story, but it also includes stories from, you know, some of the most powerful uh, moguls worldwide, whether it's Nina Garcia to Rebecca Minkoff. And the thing that I particularly love about what uh, Tiffany's done is that she's redefined the word mogul. You know, a lot of times it's attributed to men. Uh, and we live in a patriarchal world and it's attributed to men. But, you know, I love how she's talked about the way that this is actually an empowering thing and you can actually be more than your environment or what people define for you. So um, really, really humbled that you created uh, such a roadmap for each and every one of us. Thank you so much. Uh, you're incredible yourself. And I'm just so delighted to have been able to share this story with you all. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I have a question. So you look at the world now. You're someone that, uh, you know, you and I relate with the fact that, you know, cross-cultural, grew up in multiple parts of the world. You have different perspectives. What do you see is the problem with the world right now, whether it's with the politics going on here in the States, whether it's Russia, whether it's Brexit, whether it's in different parts of, you know, um, you know Africa or Asia or South America? What do you think is the problem with the world and why are people not listening to each other? There are many, many problems in the world, but I think, um, interestingly enough, this makes me think of a situation I once faced in which we were asked, of course, there are many problems in the world, but if there was one problem that we could solve, what would, it, what would we solve so that then we could solve all other problems? And so um, to... Think back on that question makes me think back to the answer I gave then. And what I gave then was that girls' education and women's rights are the main problem. If you solve those two problems, all other problems in the world would be solved. Why? Because when women are given the right to incredible equal rights and and other incredible amenities that enable them to contribute to society. And when girls learn and are part of, you know, contributing to their families as well and society and back to the world and, and more than then all of a sudden all boats rise. Many of the other problems that I would could have otherwise described uh, fade away in many different ways um, from potential famine and hunger to, um, you know, to just so many other issues that we could go through. Um, many of that at the crux could be solved by equal rights for all, um, for women and men. So, and I, I say this because I actually went through this exercise in Austria one day. It was a couple of years ago 
Um, we There were a couple, actually there were 20 pioneers from all around the world invited in from the founder of Siri to the founder of Memphis Meats, which is recreating um, meat without actually um, animals being needed to um, as well as you know uh, the, the founder of Ocean Cleanup, which is cleaning up oceans, to uh, royalty from Saudi Arabia, which oversees different oil initiatives and etc. So, anyways, all of these incredible pioneers and innovators from all around the world um, came all together in this one room, and we were at that. It was amongst them that we were asked this question: amongst all the problems that all of us are working on, which one, if we worked on it? and solved, could actually solve all the others collectively, which one would it be? And each one kind of advocated for their own issue and problem that they were working on with their respective organization. But when I brought up the fact that it was with women, actually, that if we could solve that first, everything else would be resolved, that we realized that it was the reality. That was the truth. And so that then ultimately uh, became our answer collectively. Wow. Yeah. And, and you know, what you're saying reminds me of, uh, you know, the late Kofi Annan who just passed away. And he he talked about gender equality in this way. You know, he said that gender equality is more than a goal in it itself. You know, it is a precondition for meeting the challenge of reducing poverty, promoting sustainable development, and building good governance. You know, so it, it isn't just just like, um, oh, I'm, uh, I, I'm just going to put like a feminist uh, quote there and, and then I'm done. It's actually... It's much more than that. It, you know, a lot of people like to, you know, I, I've gotten a lot of flack for this um, famously online one time because I made a video for gender equality. And um, there were a lot of comments from people that said, how oh, you just saying that because you want to sleep with women or you've been brainwashed by a bunch of uh, communist, uh, communistic type of women. And I was just thinking about how that was so far from the point. It isn't about taking away men's rights. It's more about raising awareness that, first of all, gender equality is a human issue, one, but you're not even looking at the bigger picture of what's happening outside of, of here, where, you know, places that I, I grew up in where women didn't have equal access to education or equal access to the same food or, you know, you know gender mutilation and all, how the impact of that ultimately affects a whole generation of, of, of talent, of people, of, of mindsets. And um, I, I really do think that education of what's going on outside of the world uh, can actually possibly raise that empathy, but also raise that awareness. Absolutely. Completely agree with you. And I love the Kofi Annan quote you just mentioned. So powerful. I definitely have to remember that quote from him as well. It's so aligned with what I was just sharing. And Yeah. And um, it's definitely the key to the issues that we see today. Yeah, no, I love it. We're almost getting ready to close here, but I'm interested in uh, knowing about uh, the process of writing. Because obviously, you create a successful platform. You're, you've been listed as a Forbes 30 under 30. You're, you know, you're the owner of the largest millennial platform. You speak often, you travel often, and you become a thought leader in this space. In your mind, as the younger generation comes about, what is the best way to become a thought leader in a, in a thing that you're passionate about? Is it through a book? Is it through speaking? Is it through um, telling stories? You, you know, I'm just curious because I'm looking at your career path and I've seen you've done each of these things. And 
I'm curious as to what you think is the best way to start. I think the best way to start is where you think you could reach your audience most. Mm -hmm. And so for me, um, the ways in which I started was simply through what I could do myself fastest to reach the people that I hope to help. So for me, that was initially, you know, teaching myself how to code to build the platform myself. And once I built the platform, then then I was able to reach women through that. So I would post all of my heart and soul and not necessarily, necessarily like career thought leadership, but just overall thoughts on things that would help me. Had I read them, I would share them out with the world. So that even included at the early stages of mobile about the heartbreak that I experienced upon launching Mogul as I dated a man who made me choose between marrying him versus starting Mogul. Yes, I'm actually not kidding. That actually happened. Wait, wait, what, well, wait, okay, Tiffany, come on. I know I, know I asked a question and I'm going to pause that a little bit, but please tell us that story if you can after this because that, that doesn't sound like that's a real story. It sounds like a movie. It totally, but... It was so sad that someone I was with for so long um, could, at the beginning of the relationship, be so supportive and over time come to a point where he would belittle me or ridicule me for any time I, I tried to teach myself how to code. He'd hover over, bend over like a little goblin and pretend to type and, and make me feel like you know he would mock me as he did that um, as a joke. Things like that that would ultimately discourage me from pursuing Mogul and that ultimately when I ended up making the jump to try to start Mogul um, made him announce that it was either going to be him and marrying him, moving in, or going into entrepreneurship and Mogul. And that was actually the week that I launched Mogul, is wow. the that we broke up. And this was after many years together. I was so heartbroken for the first six months of Mogul, because even though I knew this person was wrong for me, that he could come to this and say that, which actually, um, when I look back, there was a reason for as well. Um, I, I would say just as a tangent, the reason why he came to that after being such a supportive partner initially was because at the beginning he had hope for himself and optimism that he would pursue his passions as well. This person was in finance at the time and was looking to move out of the industry because he was no longer passionate about it. But at some juncture in our relationship just prior to launching Logo actually, he made the decision that actually he was going to stay in finance and not pursue his loves and passions, which were actually more about writing and teaching and becoming a teacher. So as a result of abandoning his passions, it was almost like he resented me for pursuing mine, therefore. And that's why the sudden transformation, um, since I'm sure that transformation might otherwise puzzle listeners. So when I look back upon that relationship, it was that that caused the rift, I believe, and ultimately, that is what caused my heartbreak. And so when I ended up launching Mogul, I acted as a super user on Mogul, posting my heart out as well. And one of the first posts I ever posted was called, Do Not Get Married, in all caps, unless you ask your partner these 15 questions. Huh. And that post got, post got read over 13 million times. Wow. And then subsequently, I would, as I would start to think about the best partners in life, and I started other more minor relationships, so relationships, I then started posting my heart up yet again. Um, in fact, if you Google the words non-committal man, and actually I will show up probably as the number one or two search results <laughs> under a post I read, wrote about non-committal men. So 
I started just writing out my heart. So it didn't have to be necessarily a thought leader across a certain subject matter, such as career. But for me, it was leadership across areas of life that were important to me at the time that helped me connect to the users that would find me to be therefore someone that they could look up to across various aspects of their lives that were important to them too. And for female millennial women is our target demographic on the platform that we help as much, as much as possible. And that ultimately makes up the core of the platform. That is ultimately the project matters that we care about tremendously having a fulfilling life across the board, a fulfilling life across our career on a professional level at the same time as having a personal life that's also fulfilling as a great daughter and sister, but also intimate partner as well. And hopefully that's with a very supportive partner. And so I think that those posts would strike a chord and that's how I built up an early audience and, and follower base that ultimately connected with me in this very emotional way. And then ultimately after that, as I continued to um, learn more about Mogul, where it was taking women around the world, helping in every way possible with opportunities and educational resources and more, I started to share more and more thoughts on this in a, in a way whereby we could even reach more um, women with whom this would strike a chord. And so that became not only online on through the platform, but other platforms as well, um, other publications, other radio channels, podcasts, TV shows, books, events globally. And so all these various channels were yet another way to build out um, an ecosystem in which we could all connect across the board in every way possible, 360. So that's how I started, and that's how I continued to grow. Yeah. And, um, first of all, thank you for sharing your story. And uh, the thing that I love about what you're saying is it's exactly um, what I believe to be true as well as oftentimes if you want to become a thought leader, you have to start with yourself or your environment or your current environment, you know. When I started, it was I started talking about TCKs and other people that grew up in the same way, and um, that was my connection point. And I shared my experiences of identity crisis, and and then out of that, you know, you build a community of other people who identify with that. And it sounds like you people, a lot of people identify with that story of yours, where it's it's like the choice that someone is making you choose between this and that, but also the idea of wanting to be more. And you build a following because there's that trust that's established. They, they feel like you're authentic. And then the more you do that, you can even start to listen more to your audience. And they will a lot of times inform you with, with pain points that they have. And you can then continue to, to show up for them. And consistency, you add consistency to that. Then you have a platform being amplified because other people start to, to spread the word. And then, you know, something like Mogul, which is incredible, happens. Where can people find out more about you and your book? And then I'll, I'll ask you to find where they can find me is ultimately on mobile. If you look up my profile on mobile.com slash Tiffany dash fam, as well as across Instagram, of course, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and across all those channels. Um, but definitely excited for them all to connect on um, we'll go with me and then in terms of the book it's available in all major bookstores and independent retailers as well from Barnes and Noble to Amazon. Um, and, um, and then yeah, excited that hopefully they'll read the book and hopefully it'll impact them and make them realize that, again, everything is possible and within their reach that they might have previously thought was impossible. And hopefully from every lesson learned within the book, it'll help every single reader become a mogul themselves. 
Absolutely. And, and once again, um, if you're just on the fence about getting the book, I, I'll, I'll say this, you know, in the book, she chronicles her path to becoming one of the most successful entrepreneurs of her generation. And she offers specific, I said specific, actionable advice that covers everything from overcoming self-doubt. We all know that's one of our biggest uh, enemies there to pursuing side hustles and crushing it at life at work by over-delivering while remaining her authentic self. I'll put all the links in the show notes, but I really, really want you to, uh, to just, you know, follow her and, and get, get her, get it on her platform. I think it's, um, she's really doing something to champion equality and it's something that we need in today's world. So, um, yeah, I'll say that. Um, last question is this. My mission statement is, is use your difference to make a difference. That's the foundation of everything I do. It's, it's what my company is based on. It's what the UID stands for, use your difference. So I often ask my, um, my guests this question. How do you, Tiffany, use your difference to make a difference? I use my difference to make a difference by celebrating the most unique parts of me. And the most unique parts of me were that I'm a writer so I'm not so much a, a speaker all the time, but I, I was a writer. And so I created a platform for essentially those to, for everyone around the world to communicate through written word. And I enabled through the fact that I was celebrating my love of career coaching and helping others with their professional development. I enabled that uniqueness and difference to help others in that area as well since I incorporated that into the platform as well partnering with companies all around the world to post their jobs and advice so that then our users could get that opportunity and advice too and ultimately I love education and reading and so I hopefully made a difference there as I incorporated that into our model for every dollar mogul earns United Nations and our other partners provide free educational resources from Mogul to one woman in need all around the world. That 62 million others can now get access to free education. And so I hope that that difference and that love of learning and education that made me such a nerd growing up um, is now something that will help so many more millions around the world also become nerds proudly and moguls. Perfect. Perfect. I love how you've taken ownership of everything that someone has tried to make you feel a uh, little for before, whether it's choosing your career, you've turned your career into what it is today. You know, the being made fun of as a nerd. Uh, look at you. You're, you're the one that coded your company uh, and, and uh, look at what it's doing today. So uh, taking ownership of who you truly are uh, is an amazing way to use your difference to make a difference. So I want to thank you, Tiffany, so much for coming on the show. This has been a real pleasure and a real education of sorts. Thank you so much. Had so much fun speaking with you. You're amazing. Oh, thank you. I can't wait to meet you soon. And so much again for having me on the show. So fun. It's my pleasure. And, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.